You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday to recap an up-and-down weekend of Pelicans action. Losing to the Miami Heat on Friday night, but getting a much-needed road victory over the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday. And now they have a back-to-back at home. It is a game day here in the Crescent City as the Pelicans take on the West-leading Los Angeles Clippers. Whew, that's going to be a tough one. We're going to preview that game in the third segment. Recap the first two games where you can just kind of get you caught up on everything you might have missed over the weekend. So let's just jump right into it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. If you're a new listener, thanks for making Locked on Pelicans part of your day. It still is a fun season despite some of the up and downs here in New Orleans with this Pelicans team and Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. So I appreciate you all tuning in. And if you've been listening for any period of time, I appreciate you sticking with the podcast as well through the good times and the bad. And Friday was one of those bad times for the New Orleans Pelicans, dropping a game on the road to the Miami Heat, 106-101, a game where the Pelicans were straight-up favored to win and really have no excuse for losing. The Heat were without starters Goran Dragic. They did not have Tyler Johnson either. They haven't had Dion Waiters as well. So this is a team that was banged up. The Pelicans are coming off that big, pretty dominant win over the Washington Wizards, and they just weren't able to get it done, and it was very disappointing. The Pelicans in this one fell down early. The first quarter went in favor of Miami 37-17, to and the Pelicans found themselves in a hole as deep as 31 freaking points in the first half. They started to make a run at the end of the second half, but didn't really get them there enough, but they continued that over into the third quarter, winning that frame 34-20, to but basically just ran out of steam at the end. The Pelicans were actually down three. They had a chance to tie the game, but Miritich missed the three-pointer. And this overall, despite the furious comeback, is a bad loss and was a bad game for the Pelicans, despite the fact that they made it close. This is a game where Tim Frazier can have a serious impact in because Dragic is out. I don't know if you're going to be able to say that in a ton of games, though he did have that very strong game against the Wizards. But overall, we know what his deficiencies are. We know that he's there just to kind of unlock Drew Holiday, and he sort of did in this one. Holiday came out firing and was aggressive early on, scoring the Pelicans' first bucket. He finished with 21 points, 8 assists on the night. Pretty good, though you might need a little bit more from him than that. Nikola Mirotic chipped in 15 points. He was very uninterested in rebounding, it seemed, only 4 boards on the night. Anthony Davis in 41 minutes puts up what looks like a good stat line. If you skipped watching the game because you had better things to do on a Friday night than to continue to watch the Pels down 31 points, I don't blame you. You're going to look at this and go, 41 points from him? Nine rebounds? Heck yeah. Except, no. He was uninterested in playing defense early on in the first quarter. Just did not give you that effort or seem locked in. And look, he puts up good numbers when he's not even really trying. That's how talented he is. But for him to kind of make the impact and have his game felt with this team, you need to see him kind of play with that mental awareness or something that he 
often just hasn't brought this year for whatever reason it is. So the 41-9 and nine look great. And then you kind of dive deeper and realize he didn't grab a rebound. A rebound. One. One. Just one rebound until the third quarter. That's unacceptable in, in no uncertain terms. You know, Tim Frazier giving you six and nine is great. But the Pelicans didn't get much contribution from anywhere else. Julius Randle gave you just eight points off of the bench. And the Miami Heat outscored the Pelicans bench-wise 49-12 to on the night. They just got no bench production there. And if Miami's kind of filling it up from there, and they had a pretty good game overall. Dwayne Wade put in 18. Kelly Olenek put in 13. Bam Adebayo put in 8. And then you had Justice Winslow, who at one point just attacked the basket with no defense whatsoever to try and stop him, put in 10. When though, when the second unit is doing that against you, you're going to get killed. By, uh, by himself, Kelly Olenek was a plus 20, which kind of shows you off the bench that the Pelicans reserves just didn't have it in this game whatsoever. And we know kind of the scoring issues there, but when Julius Randle's only getting six shots, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good. Each one more only played 25 minutes in this one, six points on the night. He left with a calf injury and was actually ruled out for the game against the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday, which we'll talk about in a minute, but disappointed to see that as well there. This was just a bad game from the Pelicans. Again, down 31 to a team missing three of their better players in this one. And, you know, you look at some of these guys who are the starters and they don't really scare you. Josh Richardson, sure. But Rodney Magruder's okay. But, I mean, James Johnson, Hassan Whiteside, Wayne Ellington, former Pelican right there. Like, those aren't how you, you shouldn't lose to a team that's starting a number of those guys. And the Pelicans did. And overall, disappointing to see only 11 fast break points, only 11 second chance points. When you're not getting boards, that's going to happen there. 16 turnovers. They limited somewhat the damage there, but just didn't play like they wanted to play or the team that they are. And if they can't kind of dictate that, you know, they're going to lose a lot of games. And we all know this is kind of the same old story for this New Orleans Pelicans team. We've seen it. Bad starts in the first quarter in the first half. And they know it. And after this game, they talked about it. And they talked about it after games against the Washington Wizards, too. So after uh, the game against the Wizards on the road that they lost, Davis said, you know, they realized they've got to get out to a more focused start. And they did that against the Wizards on Wednesday. But that didn't really carry over to this game against the Miami Heat. And Davis said after the game, it's tough to play down every game, playing from 30 tonight, and then try and use all that energy. We have to just try and catch back up. You use a lot of energy, and these guys are playing at the same pace. These guys meaning Miami Heat. They are able to come out in ways that we are never able to get over the hump because we are using so much energy to come back. We can't put ourselves in position to use so much energy to come back and then not have enough in the tank to close out games. That is exactly it. So why does this keep happening or what's going on? Anthony Davis said again on Friday, you know, I think we've come out too lackadaisical at times. Whether it's a team that's under 500 or whatever, we have to come out and play these games the same way. We played a different way because we had lost, to, we had just lost to Washington. So we just came out with a little more urgency because we had lost to them before. We have to come out and play the way we are supposed to at all times. Yeah, you know, that's really it. And they know it, yet they've struggled with this. So it's kind of surprising. Motivate something else. And you need that something else if you want to get off to better starts. And that's kind of the biggest thing. This team is using that energy up just to get back to even. 
And then when you're at even, you've used up more energy than your opponent, and they're able to kind of just go away from you. And we've seen that before multiple times so far this year. So it's pretty disappointing overall to see because, you know, the players have realized this. The coaches know it. And, man, trust me, if you look at it on Twitter, fans know this too, and they need to figure this out. And I don't know what it is at this point. You know, they just think they're better than these teams. They cannot try hard. And maybe that has to do with the system that Alvin Gentry, you know, has in place here. Maybe they're just tired from running all the time so they get off to these slow starts because they don't want to do that and they want to just kind of make it easier on themselves but that's not how they win basketball games and we've seen it and this Miami game was just a very disappointing loss because of it. So before we recap the win, the resounding win over the Charlotte Hornets for your New Orleans Pelicans, don't forget the Locked On NBA Podcast Network is doing some pretty awesome stuff when it comes to social media. If you just need one account to follow on game nights to kind of catch up on everything going on around the association, it's at Locked On NBA Net. That's at Locked On NBA Net. It retweets basically all of the local hosts. So when they tweet something that's relevant, it's going to get put on your timeline. If you want to follow along the with the action during games there's no better account to follow so make sure you click that follow button to uh, at locked on nba net so the pelicans had a chance to kind of show us what they're truly made of on sunday night against the charlotte hornets and they did this was a much needed 119 109 road victory something that has not been easy for the pelicans so far this year to get and now they're back at 12 and 12 500 on the season with a chance to go positive now in that column against the Clippers tonight. We'll preview that game coming up. Was an interesting start for the Pels. They didn't necessarily get out to a bad start, but let Charlotte score 30 in the first period to their 29, but really started to kind of run away with it in the uh, second quarter where they beat the Charlotte Hornets 36 to 26. So they got basically a nine point lead going into half. From there, Charlotte tried to come back, but the Pelicans kind of took that punch and countered every single time. They actually had a 21 point lead in this one, but that point, nine points was all they needed to just kind of cruise through to the end of the game. And that's good enough to see right there. Anthony Davis made up for his kind of poor first half against the Miami Heat in this one. 36 points on the night, 19 rebounds alongside eight assists. He had a pass to Drew Holiday that might be one of the best passes we've ever seen him made. Then Holiday slipped and missed the layup. But overall, 36, 19, and 8 is a fantastic performance from him and certainly what the Pelicans needed. Mirotic, 16 points on the night, eight boards, three of 10 shootings. are not great from deep, but he does space the court and teams kind of respect that and try and run him off the line. Drew Holiday, 19 points, eight assists for him was aggressive maybe like to see him get a couple of more shots to kind of take that to the next level he was just a little bit off in this but overall a very efficient performance from him Tim Frazier played almost 40 minutes in this game seven points nine assists you still see him letting Drew Holiday be aggressive I don't know if that's a long-term idea though again he he can hurt you defensively and he wasn't great tonight though he more than held his own I would say against Kemba Walker Drew Holiday at times though was mainly matched up against Kemba who had just 13 points on the night Jeremy Lamb 11 for the Charlotte Hornets as well Marvin Williams left early in this one and didn't return and basically the Pelicans shut down the starters for the Charlotte Hornets and that's without 
um, Etwan Moore, who was ruled out of this game. X-rays came back negative. It's like a calf, leg, tibia kind of injury. We'll see where this goes. Um, I don't expect to see him in tonight's game against the Clippers, but we'll find that out a little bit later. But he was out. So the Pelicans were down someone, which makes them kind of more susceptible to being beaten because their depth gets real thin there. But you know what? Julius Randle had 13-9 and off of the bench. Darius Miller had 13 points off the bench as well. Solomon Hill, hell, had six. That's great for him. And the Charlotte Hornets, while their bench dramatically outscored the Pelicans in this one, it wasn't horribly, horribly bad. I think that's kind of a big thing here. Charlotte had 67 bench points because their starters were so bad, so that number's a bit misleading. The Pelicans had 38 on their own. They're getting 38 points from the bench. They're going to win a whole lot of games. The Pelicans weren't tremendous in this. They didn't have the fast break points that you'd like to see, just 11. They had 15 second chance points. Good. Not great there. They had 18 turnovers, though they limited the damage that happened from that. You know, and they shot decently well from the field. And while Charlotte shot poorly from the field, they were 42, 43% from the field overall. They were just 28% from three. You're going to win a lot of games that way. But when the Pelicans come out focused and trying and playing well on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to win a lot of games because they're just more talented than the opponent. And that's kind of what you saw. They didn't truly play their style of ball, but they were competent enough because they were locked in and I think realized they can't have another embarrassing loss on the road where they kind of just shit the bed here maybe is the best way to put it in the first half. So I think that's good enough to get you wins over kind of mediocre-ish teams or maybe a little bit above mediocre, which the Charlotte Hornets are. So this takes some of the pressure off of the Pelicans now and they can come home and they're here for a little while, so that's big. Needed to kind of get this. They needed to kind of regroup and show that they're just not in their own heads here. Maybe the message has been clear. You know, I think they're clear. Received is the way to put it. It's interesting because going into last week's game between the Pelicans and the Celtics, you saw kind of two very, very similar teams. Two teams kind of right at 500, underperforming, not really able to figure it out, who got off to slow starts, weren't playing good defense at times. We talked about it, and we talked about it with John Corrales here on the pod. Well, the Celtics... That was the game that woke them up. I think they're undefeated since then. They look like a different team and are playing up to their potential. And it looks like they've kind of had that turning point into the season. We don't know. We won't know for a little while yet if the Pelicans have that turning point. A win over the Clippers tonight would go a long way maybe towards saying that. But getting this road win and kind of doing it in pretty convincing fashion, basically wire to wire, has to make you feel good. Maybe that low point, the rock bottom that they hit with that loss to the Miami Heat is going to be the catalyst or that turning point for the Pelicans. And we can only hope because we want them to start climbing up the standings here in the Western Conference where only one team, the Phoenix Suns, is basically out of contention at this point. We're quarter of the way through the year should be a little bit more than that it's gonna be tough losing games now hurts you schedule still gets a little bit easier a little bit better and as we said maybe the best we can hope for at this point is saying that the Pelicans are better than their record indicates at the end of the season but it doesn't matter if you don't get a good first round matchup because then you go home in the first round and your season's done and that's not what the Pelicans want so time to start getting some wins because this has serious implications later on and you know good game good win over the Charlotte Hornets to the tune of 119-109.
So the Saints lost their big game to the Cowboys on Thursday night. Can they get back on track, kind of right the ship? It wasn't the worst loss, but it wasn't great either. And Ross Jackson over at Locked on Saints all week long is going to have all the answers for you and give you everything you need to know about the Saints and their quest towards the postseason now and trying to win another NFC South Division title. Don't forget the Locked on LSU New Year's Six Bowl game, the Fiesta Bowl, for your LSU Tigers, Matt Moscona hosts the Locked On LSU podcast. He's going to be breaking down all things bowl season for the LSU Tigers as they head towards that game. A lot of fun here in Louisiana sports, Tulane in a bowl game as well. So make sure you listen and subscribe to both Locked On Saints and Locked On LSU. It's game day here in the Crescent City as your Pelicans take on the Western Conference leading. Is that correct? Los Angeles Clippers 15-16 and 16 in the Western Conference, a half-game lead on Denver going into this one. They've won their last four games, and if you kind of extend to the past 10, they're 9 out of their past 10, so 9-1 over that stretch. Team's good, though they did lose to the Pelicans in the Pelicans' fourth game of the year, the Clippers' fourth game as well. 116-109, that dropped them at the time to 2-2, two and two, and they've kind of come out surging since then. You know, kind of tale of two teams. They were struggling then. The Pelicans were on fire, and it's kind of switched a little bit. This is going to be an interesting game. Um, the Clippers don't do anything, you know, outstandingly well. Like, they're not kind of like a fast-paced, flying-around team. They're not one of the faster teams in the league. But they do have a top-five offense. They basically have the 15th-ranked defense, kind of like what you'd hope the Pelicans to do. Really good on offense. Just good enough defensively um, while also playing, you know, in the top half when it comes to pace. So they're good. They're a very excellent three-point shooting team, though they don't generate a ton of looks from three. But if those guys are open, they're going to take them and they are going to make them. Um, They're shooting over 38% from deep as a team overall. They get to the free throw line a ton, more so basically than any other team in terms of free throw rate. Um, so they can kind of beat you there. They're going to force you to foul, and it's going to be bad. And then this team just doesn't turn the ball over really at all. They're one of the better teams in the league when it comes to that. So kind of just sound offensive basketball of generating looks down low inside, basically high efficiency, and that's what's leading them to have a lot of success. Defense not so great, though. You know, they don't force turnovers, which is great for the Pelicans, something they certainly need because that can kind of derail their offense. And they're not tremendous when it comes to rebounding overall offensively or defensively. They're led by Tobias Harris, who came over in that trade for Blake Griffin last year, 21 points per game, shooting 44% from deep on almost five looks per game, grabbing rebounds, dishing assists as well. It's going to be a tough matchup there. Danilo Gallinari, of course, as well, averaging basically 19 points. He's shooting 47.2% from deep. So again, you can't leave him open. At least you got to kind of force him to go inside on you and hope Anthony Davis can kind of take care of business there. And then really their bench is where they shine. And this is what this matchup probably comes down to. They have two just absolutely outstanding bench players. First, Lou Williams, six man of the year, 17.6 points per game, 4.2 assists. He's excellent. He can score. He is tough to defend. The Pelicans second unit with their guards, 
that's a very tough matchup there. Maybe you'll see some Solomon Hill on him. And then Montrez Harrell has kind of been a revelation this year off the bench, averaging almost 26 minutes per game, 16.3 points, 7.2 rebounds. He has been outstanding down low and as a rebounder for the Clippers in limited minutes. Um, you got Boban there too, who's got some spot starts. He comes in, he's taller than Anthony Davis. We all remember that from last year. You got Avery Bradley, who's a decent enough defender. Patrick Beverly, who's a decent enough defender. This is not an easy game for the Pelicans by any stretch, and I really think it's going to come down to the bench. We know the Pelican starters can score, and they're going to get a lot of time out there together to try and do that and to match the Clippers, but their strength at times is that bench scoring between Harrell, between Lou Williams, and I think that's really where the Pelicans might get hurt. You need to see a big game from Julius Randle, someone else, maybe Darius Miller, Yen can step up and kind of at least keep the Pelicans close in this one, because you have to figure Drew Holiday is going to be his usual disruptive self. Anthony Davis kind of slow this team down again. It's the reason they held him to, you know, only 106 points to start, or sorry, 109 points to start the year. We'll see if it happens. This is going to be a tough one, but they've beaten this team at home. Can't get off to a slow start because then, you know, they're only going to be able to kind of turn it on even more against the Pelicans' second unit when guys are getting rest. So this is a big game. Pelicans need to get it, and hopefully the message has been received. They hit a turning point with that loss to the Miami Heat, but you got to play the game, so we will find out. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Enjoy the game tonight. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.